Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. The date is July 23rd, 2022. Hopefully you've been having a good one. I want to say my week was good. My week, I had a good week. I don't want to just, uh, you know, infer it. I want to say it. I want to say it out loud. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Food-wise, let's talk food corner. Um, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit it hit a little early. Um, food corner, though. Let's see. Pizza, 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 pie. I had a lot of pizza this week. At least more than my usual. Okay, okay. Uh, first place was Rapid Fired, which I always hate saying the name because I always wanted to say it's Rapid Fire, but it's not. It's Rapid Fired, I'm pretty sure. So you pretty much get either like a pan pizza. You can get a big pizza. I always get a pan. But essentially... You make your own pizza, and they throw it in the little oven, and you're good to go. So the pizza I got there, I got pineapple, pepperoni, um, onion, and then like a little bit of spinach, I guess, like a little roughage, I guess. Well, I mean, I already had it, but like something just green on there, you know? So I did that. It was good. Also got cheese bread. So that was yummies. Then the other night, I got Domino's. Boy, howdy. It was pretty good. Let's see. I pretty much ordered a similar pizza. Just a little, like, you know, personal pan one. Pineapple, pepperoni, and then what else did we get on that thing? I think I got onions on there, too. Yeah, yeah, I did. Confirmed. Then I also got a hoagie, which I got to say the hoagie's pretty good. The bread was uh, better than I, I guess, expected. It was like really kind of crunchy. I like that. So, you know, good, good, good for Domino's. Good for me. Uh, other than that, nothing too crazy, nothing too jazzy. We can get into some news while I puff on this schmer. Let's see. This article is from Reuters. Putin forges ties with Iran's supreme leader in Tehran talks. So, a little bit of a summary here. You know, I'm going to preference, once again, I'm just a guy. I am not an expert on Middle Eastern things, uh, all this kind of stuff. But I am, I do like to learn about this. And also, if you are an expert or know, like, links and things like that, I would love to know more about this because... There's a lot of like Syrian talk in here, obviously a lot of Iran talk, and that's kind of been a prevailing thing since we talked about Biden's trip. So Putin kind of did something very similar. I don't know if that's like kind of a flex. I mean, I do think it is a flex, uh, but also it's just these kind of talks are necessary for him in the situation that he's in where you are being cut off, sanctioned by countries that you are normally doing business with. And now you really need to focus on some other ties. So, you know, obviously China is one. And then there are some African countries that, you know, kind of have either a soft or stronger allegiance to him and as well as his ties, you know, in the Middle East. And then Turkey's like a rogue agent where they're kind of playing both sides, which is very interesting. Uh, Erdogan uh, was a part of these uh, meetings and talks and stuff like that. So... You know, I guess we can kind of get into some of the details. Uh, this was like his uh, Putin's first 
um, visit out like outside of uh, Moscow, outside of Russia since the invasion, since the twenty fourth of February. So it's it's big news in that regard because you know you're normally he's only taking in visitors at you know his big long tables or what have you. So this is him, you know, coming out, shaking hands, you know, doing the stuff. So they talked about a lot of just views on what do they want to do with the economy. Once again, you know, talked about like the situation in Syria, how they want to handle that. Uh, there, let's see, he did meet with the Supreme Leader, which I do have his name. Let me find it. Uh, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei tried that. We did that. So he's like the supreme leader, which was like a big thing. And then also the president of Iran as well. So I guess they kind of like, you know, split the trip and, you know, talked and did all this stuff. Let's see. I do have a quote for from Khamenei. Uh, the U.S. dollar should be gradually taken off the global trade. And this can be done gradually. Uh, I mean... That's kind of one of those things where a lot of, you know, countries actually feel and think that way. I get it. America has gone out of its way to make the um, U.S. dollar king of everything, no matter how up or down it is on the day. So the idea of just saying, like, fuck that, it should just be your currency that matters, not just the, you know, the United States currency. I completely understand that as a logic that makes fucking sense. I think we just got um, over the, um, what is it, the pound, whatever they're going in uh, the UK, because I guess like with inflation and everything like that, I think we've made uh, earlier strides to try to get ahead of it, which is kind of, I guess, put us up for the time being, but we're not up by much. But, excuse me, that's kind of a prevailing thing. And also, you know, he went on to say, like, hey, you know, props to Russia for, like, maintaining its independence, kind of getting ahead of the war that was going to be coming to their front door, which is, you know, when you do look at, look at things internationally and you look at NATO, you know, I've talked about this a little bit before, NATO is not a good thing. Like, it's one of those things where it's like you understand why it exists. It's one of those, like, necessary evil kind of things. But, like, when you get into the history of NATO, it's just gross. It's not, it's not good. But... You understand why countries are so defensive. Now, that's not me trying to say that, like, Putin is, you know, justified in doing what he's doing. I don't agree with the statement, but I do understand the logic of countries who are like, yeah, no, if you've been oppressed by NATO, you don't like NATO and you don't like the West for what they do with NATO. So, yeah, I I do think, though, that Putin kind of used this to kind of just justify a land grab, thought it was going to be really easy, we were just going to hop, skip, and jump into Ukraine, and then get what we wanted, and it didn't really go down that way, so, you know, here we are, I think this is, we're on our fifth month of this shit, it's crazy, but also there was talk of sanctions, which is a big deal, because, I mean, all the parties involved, like, with the exception of what, Turkey, I guess, is not, or is sanctioned, you know, and Iran is really wanting to get back to the negotiation table, you know, with the U.S. and, you know, really hash out something so they can get some of that lifted as opposed to, you know, with the whole nuclear, you know, uh, deal. So, 
you know, we'll see how that goes. Though, you know, Iran, also Russia, any and all these countries have been able to squirm and worm around these sanctions. Like, it's one of those things that it deals a blow. It, it is a hassle. It is a detriment. But countries will find their workarounds. They will make it work. They will make it happen for themselves and, you know, keep trying to do what they can to thrive. And, and then then what do you do? Sanction them harder, daddy? Like, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, whether you agree with it or not, it's like, do you really feel like it's effective? And for me, I just do not feel like it's effective in doing any kind of policing or stopping. I mean, we sanction China and they're still fucking, you know, running their ass off. Like they're still doing what they want to do. So what are you really doing with sanctions? Like top to bottom, you know, like what you, you try to ground Cuba into dust. Cool. I guess, I guess you really, you did it. (laughs) You stopped communists. I don't know, man. Like I I just don't see the point. Right. Like, but I'm sure people can debate me on that, but see i feel like covered it a lot there is um yeah like i said the syria talk i guess what is it um let me just read off here putin erdogan and iranian president ibrahim raisi also weighed efforts to reduce violence in syria where turkey has threatened to launch more military operations to extend 30 kilometer or 20 mile deep safe zones along the border Moscow and Tehran oppose any action, any such action by Turkey. So Turkey like wants to really go really hard. Also, a little bit of side talk here. Erdogan, I guess, like right before the meeting was kind of saying like, yeah, I know people are saying that like we've agreed to Sweden and Finland uh, coming in, into the EU or into NATO. And he's like, nah, 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 nah. We're still not OK with that. So he's kind of gotten a little Katy Perry hot and cold about it he's still uh, so i don't know if he's using it to leverage more leverage harder i don't really know what he's gotten out of it so far but maybe he was just feeling himself for this meeting he's like vibes are up i'm really running shit and i mean turkey has really made itself available to both sides in this situation uh, they've really like wormed in there so at the end of the day they're involved in what we're going to be getting into in the next article with the whole grain situation hopefully getting solved so you know that's a thing but let's see let's read a little bit more here uh, russian and iran are S- syrian president bashir al-bassad's str- uh, Al- strongest backer while turkey supports anti-assad insurgents so i guess it's maybe where they split ways on the conversation and it's like okay that's also part of the reason why there's talks so I mean, there's obviously more in this article if you'd like to kind of go through and get into it, yeah. But did want to talk about that. It definitely was major news. Definitely seemed like a big counter to the whole Biden fist bumping his way through Saudi Arabia thing. So I want to talk about that. Uh, as I alluded to in from the previous article, I got this from the AP and Yahoo News. A beacon of hope, Ukraine-Russia signed grain export deal. So... They more or less wrapped up, uh, like, signing agreements uh, with Turkey kind of being the liaison, you know, intermediary for it. Uh, They didn't do it, like, they're individual agreements, and they're signed to, I guess, Turkey or whatever, through Turkey. 
And essentially, so it's like both sides are like, yeah, no, we're not signing it together in any way, shape, or form, but we're both agreeing to these terms. That's how I am perceiving it, because it's like, I guess, a petty way of just how countries do things in war. Awesome. So this is going to hopefully free up millions of tons of desperately needed Ukrainian grain, as well as some Russian grain and fertilizer. And it's going to be going across the Black Sea, which is currently mined, but they're going to, I guess, set up a humanitarian corridor and it's, you know, there's not going to be any kind of military that's supposed to be around, but it's allowed to be surveilled by both sides, both by Russia and Ukraine. And they're going to get it all out and at least hopefully catch the world up because Ukraine is like the breadbasket of, you know, the world. It is a big grain provider and, you know, the grain being held up in silos is ready to go, but just sitting there, you know, potentially just going to rot. It's just, that is terrible. It would be just a tragedy on, you know, the, a very high scale. Uh, I mean, currently it's also definitely a big part of the inflation issue. Uh, food prices have risen 187% in Sudan, 86% in Syria, 60% in Yemen. And that's just a few of the countries. So it's a big deal that this is happening. Now, that is to say it's a big deal right now, but it's definitely not solving the issue. It is more or less a stopgap. Um, they're hoping to get a little bit or at least like the first harvest of this year also, you know, through this. But we'll see. It's been reported that there's like Russia's already kind of made attacks, like I think maybe like near the area or something like that. So, I mean, who knows how long this kind of truce or whatever can hold and, and go. Hopefully it all goes well. Uh, but also like in terms of like, well, is this going to like make the price of things go down maybe a little bit in the grocery store? Eh, who knows? It's kind of stated in the article that that's kind of already been accounted for that like yes this deal will go through like this just it would be suicidal almost to not do this so like it's gonna happen no matter what bet 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 but you know hopefully it'll at least do a little bit of something but it's just that's not really so much a confirmable thing we definitely got to make sure that it hopefully all goes through and everything goes where it needs to go but you know, definitely a good development. I would definitely say yes. This is good news. It is a it's a dub for you know everybody. You know, humanitarian all all across the board. Ukraine, Russia, yay, awesome, cool, cool beans. But we'll keep you posted whether things go good, which I hope it does, or bad. Uh, and the last stop here for the whole Ukraine Russia stuff. I got this from CNN. Zelensky suspends top officials over staffers' collaboration with Russia. So this was an article, story, that kind of spun up at the beginning of the week. Uh, let's see, the two ranking, high-ranking officials, Prosecutor General Irana Vinidistova and State Security Service, or the SBU, which I don't know why it's that, but I mean, I imagine this is how it is when you say it in Ukraine, Ian. <laughs> um let's see uh let's see ivan bakanov a longtime associate of the president so they are now subject to an investigation and have been temporarily replaced now it was a kind of alluded to that this was a uh firing at first 
But then it was, you know, quickly stated that it's like, no, they're just suspended. And post the investigation, we'll see exactly what are the ramifications, consequences of everything. But essentially, they were, I guess, being they're being accused of not doing enough to, like, stop the potential exchange or leaking of information. Uh, there have been clusters of people under their, like, watch and command that I guess have been suspected of alleged activity, like treasonous, you know, espionage type, I guess, level, you know, e- exchanging secrets, exchanging data to Russia. So, I mean, that's a big, bad thing to do in these kind of situations when you're at war, obviously. So, I don't know. I mean, I would think that this would just be an immediate firing. So, I, I think it is kind of weird that it is... um a suspension but i think it's maybe like they know that it might be subordinates more than anything and it's like well how close are you to the subordinates are you really supporting this are you turning a blind eye are you really just missing it or are these guys are just really that good i don't know we'll see but wanted to talk about it wanted to put it up there it's kind of a it's not a huge article so you know if you want to touch it you want to talk it you know by all means go at it cnn is right there for you uh, let's see now i want to get international and it's going to get hot. I mean, it's already hot here. I mean, I will say, oh my gosh, it was funny. This is a little change I had in my week. I uh, was hanging with a friend. And this is something that happens to me every summer. And I always just wind up making a small talk conversation out of it. But it, it, it's so weird being in a house again or an apartment that has central air. Like central, you know, air and cooling. It throws my body off in such a nice way. <laughs> I grew up with it up until, I don't know, like 20, 2021, yeah. And then ever since, I've just been living off of fans and like shitty AC like installs. And, you know, you do what you can. It's it's overall fine. You know, it is what it is. I'm still living in the first world. It's all good. These are first world problems. But it is one of those things where the heat is, it hits different, obviously. So my body has kind of acclimated. And, you know, the heat is fine. I just kind of like, you know, I, I dress skimpy at my house. I dress skimpy kind of in general, I guess. Uh, and I, you know, just get through that. And then when it's the cooler, I change my wardrobe and I'm fine. No more sweating. But when I'm in a home that is just constantly like ventilated, which is cool air blowing, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm kind of cold. That's crazy. Like, and, and then all of a sudden I understand why, like, I see, like, streamers and stuff actually, like, wearing, like, hoodies and stuff. I'm like, how? Why? Why are you doing that? It's middle of summer. You're crazy. Your outfit's wild right now. But, you know, when you have nice, when you have nice little AC blowing through your house, it's really good. It's really cool. Now, I wanted to make that story a little bit, uh, I guess, anecdotal, whatever, but heat wave. Fire blaze after UK passes 40 degrees celsius for first time i got this from the bbc news they've been talking about it a lot the bruvs are boiling it's not good it's no good i mean essentially 100 or 40 degrees celsius because i need this uh you know breakdown because i'm an american and i don't take the effort to convert in my mind i'm sorry not sorry yeet yeet brother but it is a hundred and four degrees Fahrenheit, so that's hot as fuck. Now, granted, I'm sure if you're a South, uh, like a Southern American, 
you know, you're, you're, you're straight out of Texas, like, yeah, that's hot, but, like, that happens, that you're not, that's not crazy to you. Also, like, you know, if you're living in California, you know, especially, like, the southern part, you're probably very used to that kind of higher temperature, so you're like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, that's crazy that it's just now hitting it, but it is because of that first time part, you know, like, I guess the structure where, you know, the UK is, and then this also, like, even though the focus here in this article is just uh, the UK and how it's heating up. This is really all over Europe. I, I wanted to do this kind of a little bit of side talk, but there are like several articles. Uh, there's one from the BBC. It talks about like wildfires raging in Greece. Also, I think there might be fires as well in France. But I mean, overall, just the heat is just topping the charts. It's very, very hot. I've heard some stories where they're they're talking about the trains can't run because they're buckling like the rails are literally buckling off track they are wrapping like a not aluminum foil but like foil over their bridges so that the bridges don't crack at their bases because it's getting so hot and they aren't maintained for that they're talking about uh how like kind of how i describe my home like i don't really have like AC unit like I don't have central air or anything like that I can't just turn up the AC lol so you know you're just not prepared for this kind of heat and especially when it lasts for a week and then goes on longer now here it might be kind of waning now but it's kind of moving across to central Europe and I mean this is just the beginning I mean it's a big talk a lot of news sources outlets have been talking about global warming this week uh, in the States, uh, a lot of people are trying to say, well, 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 Biden, you know, the administration, what are you guys going to do? And they're like, you know, we're going to try to do some stuff, corn pop. Don't don't get it twisted. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, Joe Biden got COVID. Uh, that's kind of a little tangent. But, you know, yeah, he got COVID. I think it's like his second time getting COVID. He seems fine. So I'm not really, like, stressing about it. I'm not worried about, you know, any, any power transitions. But, I mean, yeah, he's 79. You never know, right? But... You know, he's saying, you know, we're going to try to do something, but it's like you already have been trying to do something and none of the climate stuff that you tried to put in got anywhere. Literally was thwarted by one fucking moderate Democrat who lives in a houseboat because he has coal interests because his brother owns like a whole fucking coal mine. He's like stock in that shit. And, and multiple other reasons. Like, it's just crazy that Congress sucks so bad. And it kind of always has. And it's not even that Biden is going to, I think, even push any kind of, you know, executive thing that's actually going to do anything. So we'll see. World's burning. But, I mean, that's just, like, from America. Obviously, I just want to talk about this because this is the UK. They're kind of really getting caught flat-footed. But this is the world. I was listening to another article. I believe this, or I was listening to it. This is like from the podcast from the BBC. They were they were covering a story, I believe, in India, and they were talking about mangoes, and it was like a really big like crop, like that's like a really big export like thing for them. They make it; it's amazing. And they're saying that because of the heat and the heat waves that they've been experiencing, their harvest was just dog shit, and they weren't able to produce these mangoes. And they're hurting, and they, it got so bad that that's the reason why they weren't able to do exports. And, you know, once again, we're talking about the grain, we're talking about all these kind of things where it's just like, 
literally it's getting so hard to even come up with the the resources that you normally are going to create like in and export import whatever and you're just seeing the ripple effects go on and on and on and on and on and reverberate what is it salt lake city they, they've been covering that too talking about how that's like more and more of a thing um i heard more details about that where it's like literally once it completely like evaporates up and and like as more and more of it does and dries out then like the dust and stuff and all the minerals and stuff will float up and float through and potentially like increase it the rate of cancer and shit i'm like man this this is wild i really feel like we're we're living in like a pre-dystopian like dune-like fucking existence or some shit man we're like building our own arrakis and then we're gonna like go somewhere else i'm getting too deep i'm in the weeds and i'm getting way too nerdy i'm sorry um let me let me hit my little classic break here and um we'll we'll wrap it up we'll wrap it up we are okay okay we're back Got this last one from Yahoo News and Politico. Anthony Fauci wants to put COVID's politicization behind him. Essentially, this is it, guys. Um, This is um, the last term that we're going to have Fauci as um, like the medical advisor, medical director. I I, I don't really know exact title. Sorry. You know, I'm not a genius. You know, I'm not an expert. But... Pretty much at the end of Biden's term, whether he stays, whether he goes, it doesn't matter. Uh, Fauci's in the road. So I know this is a very divisive person for people. There are people who are going to say he did way too much, that he was part of the fascist regime that was keeping us inside and masking us and our babies and giving us trauma and just all the shit. And there are people who are going to be on the other end and say he didn't do damn near enough that he really should have put up way more of the data done, way more, been way more outspoken. Sure. You can come at it from either way. I think me personally, uh, he did all right. Uh, Maybe that's crazy. Maybe that's a hot take. But I think in the political climate, especially with Trump, he handled this pandemic as well as you kind of could, especially given how Americans are. <laughs> because, like, yeah, me personally, I'm down to get vaccinated. I have no beef with that. That's what I, I'm cool with. Masking? Okay, let's go. Let's do it. You making a mandate? I'm on it. Let's do it. We're all going to mask up. Let's go. Personally, if you wanted to do a lockdown... For like a few months, maybe do it a little light, you know, China, Shanghai style. I'd probably be okay with it as long as I knew we were going to get what we needed. That people weren't going to be neglected. So, you know, as we kind of saw even in the, in the China's rollout of the lockdowns, that did not happen. So like like people did suffer. They did go through a lot, you know, whenever these things kind of hit. Because they were trying to do the zero, 
you know, COVID shit, which is crazy. Like, th- that's too far to try to say zero. Like, we're just not going to accept that COVID is here. Like, we're going to banish it this way. Like, that didn't work. It's not working. But I, I definitely mean personally, I'm like, I'm down to to do what needs to get done to, like, really limit the spread of this shit. And I like that Fauci was like, hey, that's what I want to do. You know, I want to fight this, you know, pandemic this way. Also, from reading this article, I learned that he started in, I believe, 1984. Uh, He was dealing with Reagan in HIV epidemic or pandemic. I think it's epidemic there, right? Um, And they say here, you know, you know, I'm in the weeds right now, guys. But I couldn't imagine having any kind of medical conversation with that motherfucking man. Like, Ronald fucking Reagan. Goddamn. And, of course, he was anti just even acknowledging AIDS and dealing with AIDS. Uh, A lot of people back then were like, yeah, that's a gay problem. It's a gay issue. Sorry, sorry. And they just wanted to wash their hands of it. But it was an ongoing, spreading disease that was running through everywhere. It wasn't just some foreign thing coming out of Africa or whatever. There was just so many just misconceptions about that. And Fauci, you know, at least by his view, his narrative is like, I made that my career. I made that my focus of like fighting that. So, you know, hell yeah to that. You know, I say overall happy trails. I I really don't have any like spit on your grave energy here. Uh, maybe I should, maybe I'm wrong here. I, you know, I'm definitely not trying to sit there and say he had a perfect run, but you know, I feel like he worked with what he got and he did seem to do some work. Let's see. They do have something that he was like a kind of a part of, let's see. Yeah. And with president George W. Bush, oh, we love to talk about him. Uh, Fauci says he accomplished what may have been the most impactful thing I've done in my career, the founding of the president's emergency plan for AIDS relief or PEPFAR, a global program. The state department estimates has saved 20 million lives. So, you know, kudos to that. Uh, I mean, COVID is still a thing. I think people thought that really Fauci was going to stay till COVID was going to end. But, you know, he's not stupid. He's like, this is going to be a long term thing. It's going to outlive me. Like, you feel me? And I do believe that's true. Uh, Not that we've done a lot of COVID talk, but I figured it'd be, I guess, a good enough time as ever. It is still an issue. It is still a thing. Numbers are still not super good. Um, You know, take that what you will. (laughs) I personally, at this point, like I said before, I'm living in Ohio. Shit is hella relaxed. And I mean, generally all over the States, it's more or less very relaxed. I uh, I think I, I really only wear a mask if I'm going to a show or I'm going to a, like an event that's like in a closed area. Because I just, I just now want that to be my general hygiene. Because as a nerdy magic player... I always remember going to conventions and getting sick. And so my just prevailing logic is it at least gives me at least some percentage of defense. I try to, you know, definitely make sure I'm just aware of myself as best I can. Also, I think, too, that it's like, cool, if I do have a little cold, having a little mask is not an issue, you know? So 
call me crazy. Also, like I said, I'm at the movies. There was one time I was at the movies and someone did like a like an anime chortle at me, like, <laughs> like because they saw me with a mask on. I'm like, sorry, I'm not trying to get fucking sick from watching Doctor Strange. It's not that it's not that heavy to me. I would rather not have to leave my home, but I want to see this movie, so I just mask up for like stuff like that. But that's the end of the episode. Uh, I just want to say thank you for stopping by, sticking through. You're great. You're amazing. I love you. Also, want to say to any and all listeners, thank you so much. You're amazing. You make me happy. Uh, this is a very like you know grassroots, if you will, small batch, if you say, uh, ex- project experience. I appreciate anyone and everyone who listens. Uh, also. Anyone who donates, uh, we have a Patreon. It is uh, patreon.com slash Isaiah News. Any dollar donation helps. Every $5 will get you a Discord access and then a shout out for the month. So that's pretty cool if you like that kind of thing. In general, though, I just appreciate you for listening. It, it's it's great to like know that my friends and just random people you know, just stop by and hear what I have to say. It's my random ass bullshit. You know, that's why I try to do my best at it. You know, and you know, within reason, you know, I'm a working man. I'm a blue collar guy, but thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing day, an amazing week. I mean, I will be back uh, for another episode this weekend for sure. I'll try to get that in, talk about some more shit, but yeah, uh, you know, I love you and hopefully I'll see you soon for some more good news. Bye-bye. Mwah.